Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Preacher Dad Podcast. My name is Jared and I am the Preacher Dad. I am glad to welcome you here to our show today. I blog at PreacherDad.com. You can go over there and find out more information about me, about my ministry, things I think. I'm trying to do a better job of writing uh, this year in uh, on the blog. Uh, but today, you got the podcast. Congratulations. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And, um, you know, there's an awful lot of turmoil out there in the world. A awful lot of just crazy things happening. And we're going to talk about those. But first, first of all, before we get started, I want to ask you... How do you make a waterbed more bouncy? You add spring water. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right? You add spring water. Um, my wife gets angry that I keep introducing her as my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> that was a pretty good dad joke too. I like that one. That's funny. That's funny. I've never done that to my wife. Although I did know a guy once that introduced his his wife as his first wife. This is my first wife. <laughs> of course, she was his only wife, but it's still kind of funny. And she would slap him on the shoulder and say, stop it. But you know, we need to take a second and remember that even when Russia has invaded Ukraine and has officially declared war now on Ukraine, dad jokes still exist. We are still allowed to laugh. That's for sure. You know, folks, um, if you've been watching the news as I have, there's just been an awful lot of things going on. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, the, uh, let's go, folks. I'm on the way home. And people are not watching the green lights that are in front of them. Um, COVID restrictions are, are passing away now because all of a sudden, we now realize that the science indicates that it never worked. And they, they, they never made a difference. Johns Hopkins University published a study where they examined 246 studies that uh, their conclusion was, after analyzing the data from these 246 studies nationwide on the effect of COVID restrictions, masks and mandates and lockdowns and everything, Basically, they concluded. Now, this is Johns Hopkins University. This is not. This is not Infowars, <laughs> um, or some other uh, ultra wacko kook group. This is uh, Johns Hopkins University concluded that all of those restrictions made almost no difference at all. It was two tenths of one percent. Um, made a difference. So, you know, we've endured all of these crazy COVID things for um, for no good reason. It didn't really have any impact upon uh, the COVID infections or anything. It's, it's shocking, stunning. And of course, that is uh, big enough news, in my opinion, but it's overshadowed by even bigger news that Russia is now uh, declared war on Ukraine and people now begin talking about World War III. Um, they speak of 
the possibility of nuclear war with Russia as if that's reasonable. I mean, that was kooky conspiracy theorist stuff last week. <laughs> um, people were going, no, nah, that's crazy, that'll never happen. And now people are seriously bringing it up as a possibility, like how could this, how could the United States be drawn in? We have United States congressmen that are suggesting, seriously, with a straight face, that we institute a no-fly zone over Ukraine in order to help Ukraine. That would put us in direct war, conflict, with Russia. We would be shooting down Russian airplanes and taking out other um, radar stations and things. So, <laughs> all this, you know, people call us conspiracy theorists until the things we say start sort of happening. And then, then everybody gets afraid. And so that's what I'm seeing a lot of lately. Just a lot of fear. A lot of, you know, oh my goodness, what if we get $6 a gallon gasoline? Well, yeah, that's, that's a reasonable conversation to have. That's, that's on the horizon. That might be happening. It might be harder and harder to find gasoline and, you know, all the other products that we take for granted that show up on the shelf and we just go to the grocery store and buy them, they're not going to be there. And we're going to have to get by with how we can get by. But you know, folks, I really feel like we need to take courage. You know, in the first chapter of Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter 1, God told Joshua, be strong and courageous. He told him like three different times. And then the children of Israel said the same thing to him once. Hey, just be strong and courageous. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, it's okay. <laughs> now look, Joshua was a mighty hero in the Bible, a man of great faith. And if he had to be told four times in one chapter to be strong and courageous, if he needed encouragement that often, well, certainly I need it plenty. <laughs> and maybe you do too. And I think we need to remember some biblical perspective here. What is the biblical perspective? You know, this podcast and the blog uh, there at PreacherDad.com, we are trying to bring biblical perspectives to everything from parenting to politics. And what is that biblical perspective in this circumstance? How is the believer supposed to see the things that are occurring and are happening in the world? Well, number one, we need to remember who's in charge. And it's not the President of the United States. It's not the President of the Russian Federation. It's not the Chairman of the Communist Party in China. It's not the Supreme Leader in Iran. It's not the Prime Minister of Israel, the Prime Minister of Great Britain, even the tyrant in Canada. He's not in charge either. The Lord Jesus Christ is in charge. He has not fallen off the throne because a power-hungry uh, dictator in Russia decides he wants a little extra property, a little extra resources, decides to do something crazy and stir things up. Jesus hasn't fallen off the throne. Jesus knows exactly what's going on. He knows exactly what to do. He knows exactly how to continue to help us to pursue the Great Commission in the midst of a world where wars and rumors of wars natural disasters and fears on every side plague us. Even in that type of a world, Jesus is still in charge. He still rules in the affairs of men, to quote Benjamin Franklin 
And many people like to say that the Founding Fathers were deists and not really actually Christians. Well, if you actually read what they wrote and the quotes in which they spoke, you find out that they were as evangelical as any Bible-thumping pastor you can find. They were, I mean, Benjamin Franklin was one of the least, very arguably the, the least religious of any of our founding fathers. And he was the guy that said, I have uh, learned in my life that, that the God of heaven rules in the affairs of men. And, we, and he said, essentially, we cannot expect to enter on such so great a task as we have before us, speaking of the founding of the United States of America, without the aid of heaven. And so he suggested that they spend time in prayer every day before their deliberations. This was Benjamin Franklin that suggested that. Now that's not any deist, not any modern deist would talk that way. So anyway, I'm, I'm sort of rabbit trailing, I guess, a little bit, but what is our perspective as believers? What is the biblical perspective to have about these things? And I think, as I said, uh, first of all, the Lord still rules in the affairs of men. Secondly, secondly, we have not, the Bible says in, uh, I think it's Second Timothy, it says, we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The spirit that we walk in is not one of fear. Why should I be afraid when the God that created everything and could just poof out of his hand all the nations of the earth and make them as dust? When that guy is my father and my friend and walks with me day to day, I don't have any reason to be afraid. We have not been given a spirit of fear. And so, as believers, we need to resist the spirit of fear. We need to stand against the spirit of fear, because that is not the spirit that we are of. We are of the spirit of power. The Holy Spirit has power over principalities and powers over... The Bible says that Jesus has been given a name that is above every other name that is named. And what that means is that you know, when when you when uh, the police come to arrest someone, they say something like, "Well, they might say, open in the name of the law.' You've seen that in old movies. Um, but they come and they say, "You are under arrest." And sometimes they might say, "In the name of the people of." Texas, or the people of Maryland, or the people, they have authority because they come in the name of the government. They are representatives of, they are appealing to, not their own strength, but the authority in which they walk in. There's a great episode in Andy Griffith, <laughs> the Andy Griffith show, where Barney tells, uh, tells some crooks all about the authority that he walks in. It's a great moment in that show. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> the name of Jesus is the name that is above every other name. It's higher than all the others. So he has more power than any other power in the earth. Whether that is powers physically, which we can see and touch and experience, or if it's spiritual powers which we cannot see or touch but still experience. Uh, just because we can't touch it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. 
uh, the wind. We can't see the wind, but we can experience and sense the wind. It has an impact upon us. The spirits, the spirit world is the same. But all those spirits and principalities that are out there have no right or authority over Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate power in the world. And we've also been given a, a spirit not only of power, but of love. Of love. You see, what the world needs now love, sweet love. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if that song was ever tongue-in-cheek, but... I know that it is really true that the world needs love. There's people out there that don't have any idea what true, unconditional love really is. And we do because we have experienced it. We, we know the one who says he is love. God is love. He's the personification of love. He, he invented the entire idea of true love. And uh, some, some people would like to debate me on that. I don't care. That, we can debate it. Fine. Go to PreacherDad.com. Shoot me a line. We can talk it over. But the fact of the matter is, He is love. And we have true love. We have uh, sincerity. Uh, we, I, I heard something else in the last couple of days about how um, Gen Zers, not the Gen X or the, or the uh, Millennials, Gen Z, they really want someone to talk to, but they won't open up and expose or reveal their pain until they believe you're sincere. And if they believe that you are sincere, if they believe a person is sincere and genuine, they will open up to that person no matter their age, no matter their background. They will open up to that person if they believe that they are genuine. Sincerity. And that is what we have. That's true love does not seek the benefit of itself. <clears throat> and if I truly love someone else, then I'm not seeking to get anything. I'm seeking to give something away. Um, that, is, that is real love. And that's the spirit we should walk in. And that helps to defeat the fear. So power, love, and a sound mind. A sound mind. And I'd have to go back and look up the Greek on, these, on this word because I don't remember it. Uh, but to have a mind that is secure, a mind that is complete, to be able to think clearly and to be able to make an argument in the classical sense of an argument, not to fight with somebody, but to, to make a, a reasoned argument, it's powerful. When it seems like reason has gone out the window and the entire world no longer has reason, it seems like so much insanity is surrounding us all the time, to have a sound mind, to have a, a reasoned thought, powerful and it can persuade many people to the truth. So we need to understand and follow the truth. Not, uh, not what people say about the world necessarily. We need to be careful about where we get our information from and we need to, to remember that genuine truth is found in the scriptures. 
and that the truth of God's Word is the foundation from which all other truths grow. You know, there's truths about physics and mathematics and science, and truths about philosophy, and there's truths about uh, things that happen in the world, and all of those things blossom from the seeds planted in the Word of God. They, those things can be traced back to God's Word. Every single one of them, I believe it. And so I think that as believers, we really need to provide assurance that even if the world is going crazy, even if there's very serious dangers, and you know, we, if you're not making uh, steps to be prepared for food shortages and water shortages and power outages, if you're not taking steps to be prepared for that, then, well, I guess I could say you deserve what you get, because uh, the warning signs are there if you'll look at them. But you just need to take steps to prepare, but, but not steps in fear. We don't prepare out of fear, we prepare out of wisdom and prudence, being cautious and careful. And ultimately, in the midst of trials, the Bible says that we should trust ourselves unto a faithful creator while doing good. In 1 Peter chapter 4, it says that we should trust our souls to a faithful creator while doing good. So look for good that we can do in the world around us, and then trust the faithful creator to care for us, to watch over his creations. And just know that God is going to do some awesome things. Now, that doesn't mean that your life is going to be always comfortable. It doesn't mean that we are guaranteed freedom from suffering. We're going to have suffering. But I'm telling you, folks, um, we have the opportunity here to display the power, the love, and the reasonableness of Jesus Christ in the midst of a world that is being overcome by fear. That is the believer's place. The believer's position right now in the world is to remember who's in charge and to be able to approach the dangers of this world from a position of faith, of trust. Some people in our society want to look at faith as a crutch, as a weakness, and actually it is the thing that makes sense of the world. It gives us strength, our faith in God. Now, we can't just have faith in anything. Uh, faith in Allah is not enough. Uh, although I will say that people of faith, no matter what faith you have, tend to be a little more um, balanced, I think, in my opinion, even if their faith isn't in Jesus. But ultimately, at the, at the end of the day, that's not enough. Faith, faith, just generic faith, is not enough. It has to be faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in the true originator and sustainer of all things. There's another piece of biblical truth for you. It says in Colossians that, that he is, that by him all things consist. And that word means hold together. And God, the Lord Jesus Christ, <coughs> not only created all things, but he holds everything together. He holds us together, our very molecules, atoms, are held together by Jesus Christ himself. And that is, a, I think, something that's very important for us to remember and to keep a hold of. All right. Well, I'm going to try to say that that's the end of that segment. And uh, maybe one of these days I'll figure out how to do separate segments. 
uh, and maybe one day we'll be able to get a sponsor and I'll have a little commercial in here and I'll tell you about some great product that uh, I've been convinced is worth selling to you and promoting to you and then you can go and purchase it and I get a portion of your purchase and you know the world goes on greatly and you can get even more preacher dad because I'll have more time to do podcasts if I'm able to earn an income from podcasting it's sort of a vicious circle isn't it I can't I don't have time to podcast because I'm too busy <laughs> um, anyway there's a lot of other things going on in the world, folks. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm learning things also about how to reach out in our community. <clears throat> Excuse me. Getting a lot more opportunities to make those things happen. And so I'm hoping to be able to bring that to you. One quick thing here. Did you know that the United States of America was the first nation to outlaw the slave trade? Yeah, seriously. And they were the fourth nation, after the war between the states, to outlaw slavery completely. Fourth in the world, in the history of the world, to outlaw slavery. And first in the world, in the history of the world, to outlaw the trade of slaves, the slave trade. So I think that's kind of great. And I think that makes me proud of the history of the United States when it comes to protecting the rights of all men and women, no matter their age, no matter their race, even though I believe there's really only one race, there's one blood, we're all just various stages of, of brown, <laughs> from light to dark, um, but that's probably another podcast for another time, but the bottom line is, it makes me proud to be an American to know that we were ahead of the curve in so many ways. Um, in ending slavery and opposing it and I'm learning um, some good things about that also learning some good things about the history of our country and the foundations of our nation and what we can do to restore those foundations so yeah lots of good stuff going on <clears throat> but now I've made it home and I've got some work to do we've got some remodeling projects going on We've got some, uh, some chicken projects and building projects and just lots of stuff that needs to be done. And children with fever, so duty calls. Um, I would like to give a shout out quickly to my, my brother Caleb, who is welcomed, he and his wife have welcomed the birth of uh, their son. Uh, and I am awful, awful glad that uh, he is here and uh, super happy for them so way to go guys keep it up uh, you're going to be great parents all right folks god bless you i hope that we can see you again soon or speak to you again soon i hope that god will continue to guide and direct your steps and the things that you're trying to do and that you will see uh, his favor and blessing hang in there tight and remember go read a dad joke or something you might find it to be helpful in, uh, in encouraging you here in these difficult and challenging times. All right, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.